Pleasure to be with you this beautiful uh, Shabbat evening. At least it is uh, Shabbat here in the middle of the uh, Caribbean uh, Sea. <laughs> Sunset for us about uh, oh, about an hour ago. Probably still bright uh, and sunny out there in uh, the People's Republic of California, isn't it, Kirk? That's, uh, yes, a little bit a little bit of light left, and it's only and it's way up to 41 degrees. Yeah. You know, I understand this. this is the real advantage now of living in uh, California, all the way up to 41. That's lovely. Uh, you know, mm. the, uh, it, it, uh, it is chilly here tonight. I, I think it's uh, down to about 77. Uh, so that is wow. uh, that, that's global cooling. That's global cooling out this way. Uh, you know, it's a real advantage now living in California. Uh, you don't need to bring a credit card or cash to uh, any retailer. It's, uh, <laughs> Yeah, everything is five finger discount. Uh, you just go uh-huh. in and, and take what you want, and uh, there's no uh, ramifications. So, <clears throat> you know, in fact, I think they give you an award in California if you go in, take what you want, and don't threaten anyone or break up the store in the process. So, uh, <laughs> uh. Yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a lovely place. The the libertards mm. have uh, have done their thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, I tell you what, I won't be anytime soon that I will be headed to California, Washington, or Oregon State, or any of those uh, communities. Uh, I'm told uh, by uh, an avid listener who is. Uh, admittedly biased, that our last program was uh, worth listening to either three or four times is how often my wife uh, listened to it. So I guess we uh, we did an okay job on the last show. We got a really yeah. tall order to live up to uh, this time. So uh, uh, let's uh, dig right in. I, I, quite okay. frankly, I, I think we're dealing with good material. Um, not only is good. Zachariah a very interesting uh, prophet, uh, but... Uh, he got 
the the premier job. His uh, his entire book um, is a presentation of Yom Kippurim, and Yom Kippurim is the single favorite day on Yahweh's calendar. Uh, from yeah. his viewpoint, it is the antithesis of a day of affliction. It is a day of great celebration and the reconciliation with um, Israel, which has been wayward for a very, very long time. Um, so uh, just in case uh, we, we needed to be re, uh, uh, have that reaffirmed, we were uh, at the end of our last program, and uh, Zachariah, I think, uh, Kirk, Mm-hmm. And it reads That's what as I follows. Have, yes. Yeah, it reads as follows. And I will come to them and bring them. The speaker here is Yahweh. And I will come to them. When was the last time that Yahweh came to his people? Uh, not for a long time. It's about 2,500 yeah, 3, 3, yeah. years ago, give mm. or take a, uh, a jot or a tittle. Mm. Um, so this is a big deal, and I will come to them, and I will bring them to live and abide uh, in the midst of Jerusalem, the source of guidance on reconciliation and restoration. Uh, boy, that's going to be news to the United Nations. You know, the United Nations voted so much fun. A, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, uh, something like, you know, 200 to, uh, to 19 to designate Yahweh's Temple Mount as a Muslim holy site with uh, no affinity whatsoever to uh, Jews, much less Christians. It's, it, somebody ought to tell those buffoons that the only claim that uh, Muslims have to Jerusalem and the Temple Mount is Muhammad's pathetic night's journey where you know he was engaged in pedophilia uh, and he had just uh, spouted out the satanic verses so he was in a whole world of trouble from a credibility point of view because in the satanic versions, uh, verses there are uh, four uh, gods, three goddesses in addition to uh, Allah uh, occupying the great rock pile of the Kaaba. And so he had been accused of, of speaking on behalf of Satan. Then he admitted that all of Allah's messengers speak on behalf of Satan. Uh, and that uh, he uh, had this issue, too, with pedophilia, and that he was uh, 53 and his uh, uh, girl toy was uh, nine years old. And so he needed a credibility boost. And what could be more credible than claiming in the middle of the night while you're sleeping with a, uh, a nine-year-old girl nine-year-old. Uh, that a, uh, a flying ass came to your bed and you jumped aboard the flying ass and you flew from Mecca to Jerusalem to meet with all of the Hebrew uh, big shots um, uh, in the temple. Well, for credibility point of view, it's not so good because, well, asses don't fly, um, and uh, the temple had been destroyed um, by the Romans in uh, in the 70 CE, and this was uh, just uh, shy of 700 mm. CE. So he he missed his timeline by a <laughs> missed his book. Yeah, missed just by book. a smidge. Yeah. And uh, and of course, then he added to his credibility by. Uh, 
by uh, letting Muslims know that the, if you want to go to the Islamic heaven, you have to go to, through Jerusalem. Well, that's not so good for the credibility of the, of the Kaaba. But nonetheless, they don't, uh, they don't question that. And then uh, the, uh, the Temple Mount became a, a Muslim uh, heritage site because of the hoopy print of the lying ass as it uh, leapt up towards hell en route to heaven. And, of course, uh, Muhammad gloriously announces that uh, hell is filled with women who are being hung by meat hooks through their breasts because they didn't fully appreciate the loving generosity of their husbands. And therein is the story. There is no other claim uh, other than uh, Muhammad's uh, flight of fancy. And so they ought to be embarrassed. And anyone who claims that it is a holy site for Islam ought to be shamed. It, mm-hmm. it shows complete ignorance. And of course, uh, why don't you look at your Rome? If you, if, listen, if you don't want to look at the, uh, at the Torah and Prophets, well, if you don't look at the Torah and Prophets, there can't be any uh, Palestinians because they're named after the Philistines. They're only known through the Torah and Prophets. So that, uh, that destroys your entire gig if you don't want to look at the Torah and Prophets. But nonetheless, let's just pretend uh, we don't want to look at that. Then why not consider the Romans? And when the Romans were there, what was the province called? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it was the Yahuda, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yahuda uh, was the name of the province. It means Jew. It yeah. means beloved of Yah. Uh, mm-hmm. it, uh, Yehudim is translated as Jews. Yahuda as Jew. Uh, and the, the capital of the province of Yahuda. Um, was, Jerusalem. Uh, well, is Jerusalem, yeah. uh, which is a Hebrew word, meaning the uh, 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 Yaru means the source of uh, teaching and instruction mm-hmm. on shalom, reconciliation, uh, flows from this place. Uh, so you've got a, a, a province that's named after the Jews uh, with a city that is named uh, in Hebrew. Um, and on that, uh, in 70 CE, what did the Romans tear down? Tore down. The temple, uh, which was the <laughs> God, yeah, it was a temple, right? Uh, built by yeah. the Jews. Uh, mm-hmm. So, please tell me, even if you like your secular history, your Roman history, how come you can't figure that part out? And are the nations of the world and those that attend the United Nations? that universally stupid or are they anti-semitic well they just want to be that way Nobody or uh, have they, they turned have their be. religion uh, their politics into a religion i, I suspect some of exactly. both yeah. anyway yahweh mm-hmm. says i will come to them and bring them to live and abide in the midst of jerusalem the source of guidance on reconciliation and restoration which means that since he is speaking to israel it will be exclusively Israelites. There will not be a two-state solution. And they will be my people, becoming my family. And I myself will be their God in honesty and integrity, in truth, reliable and dependable, trustworthy and steadfast, and by being 
right. So, pretty straightforward. Uh, God's returning to live and abide in Jerusalem, in the midst of his people, and he is announcing it for the first time in 3,400 and nearly 50 years that Israelites will be his people, his family, and that he will be considered once again their God, and that their relationship will be approached once again, honestly, reliably, truthfully, with Israelites being right for the first time in millennia. Thus says Yahweh, the of the spiritual messengers, Yahweh Shabbat, let your hands be enabled and strong, like those who are listening during these days to the words communicated by the prophets. God uh, is not fond of the meek. The Beatitudes is BS. Mm-hmm. God constantly, throughout the Torah, tells his children, and particularly the shepherds who are leading them, Moshe and Yosha in particular, be strong. Be reliable. Be dependable. Uh, be backbone. forceful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Show some backbone. Be determined. Shazak. It is, a, it is an exceedingly strong, tough, dependable, steadfast, empowered word that is the antithesis of meek. So let your actions be enabled and strong, those who are listening during these days to the words communicated by the prophets. You'll note that uh, it's not the words by the rabbis. There is, uh, there's a couple of things uh, that the rabbis got wrong. One is the word of God is filled with prophecy. They don't have any. Second, the word of God is filled with Yahweh's name. He is not mm-hmm. mentioned. And third, the word of God is consistent with the word of God, and the Talmud is not. Moreover, the word of God comes to us from Jerusalem, Yahuda, Yisrael, and the Talmud was written in Babylon. Those who have walked along the correct path to get the most out of life and enjoy the benefits of the relationship, Asher, can establish and lay the foundation during that time for the house of Yahweh, for the house of the family of Yahweh, of the spiritual messengers, so that the royal residence and temple will be built. I think you were asking this question um, a week ago, Kirk, is it uh, before mm-hmm. the show began, actually, so or I'm talking out of, out of school, but uh, before the show began that, is it true that we're actually going to be working with Dode to build mm-hmm. uh, the house of Yah? And the answer appears to be yes. That, That's what I picked up. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, he might even want a painting on a wall, for all I know. Never know. Uh, you never, never know. know. Might want a painting on the wall. I am a frustrated architect, man. I, I can look at anything and figure out, a uh, hundred ways to improve it. Now, God may not 
go along with with my improvements. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm might, really into, I'm into capitalizing cool. on, on the view. So I like lots of windows and big windows. Um, and, you know, he may want to keep it a little more intimate. Uh, um, you know, I don't know. He, he for all I know, is, uh, is an introvert versus uh, those of us who are extroverts. He might like uh, some peace and quiet. And, man, I want it. I want it happening, man. I, I want the light show and the, the visuals, and uh, I, I want the, the lines to be elegant, and uh, there's so many architectural elements. But uh, uh, nonetheless, we, we get to, uh, to work. You'll probably have me with all of my ideas down there mixing mortar for, for, for chiseling stone. <laughs> hey, idiot. <laughs> what are you doing? You're giving me advice on how to build my my house. <laughs> I already laid out the plans. <laughs> I thought it was pretty cool. Actually, I uh, I don't think the uh, the house of uh, of Yah is going to uh, model the the one that is outlined in, in the mm. uh, the Torah. No, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I, you know, I actually think that this house, to a large degree, is um, is uh, going to um, um, be. Uh, transparent um the source of light i think that's in it is going to radiate out uh mm-hmm. i think that uh that dode's house which will be placed uh, below it on the same ridge line of zion on mount moriah uh will be uh, stately and beautiful but yahweh's uh house i expect to be this beacon of of, of light uh, i almost think of it as a diamond with multiple facets and the life being broken into its very uh, Charismatic colors. Um, I see a, a, a bridge of light uh, spanning between the two homes over the the flow of living waters that uh, are are going to come out of uh, of olives and uh, and through the the center of Jerusalem, running all the way to the sea, both to the uh, what was the Dead Sea that will become the Living Sea, and the uh, the Mediterranean. Um, I, I just think it's going to be a, a marvelous and beautiful sight. But now maybe I'm projecting my own thoughts on it. But, you know, one of the things that uh, that becomes clear, as I, I told you, Kirk, that, um, mm-hmm. that today I finished uh, Chapter 9 of uh, Introduction to God, uh, Volume 2. And the entirety of it is a translation and commentary on Mashal, Proverbs 3. And it is a note from a father uh, to his son. And so it's from Yahweh to Dode. But it's an open letter because it applies to every child of the covenant family. And one of the, the concluding comments that is made in it is, is God says that um, I'm a proud father. Uh, this is my son, and I chose him. Uh, I'm proud of him. Um, he, uh, I'm delighted. Uh, in fact, I would even it even goes as far as to say, I think he's right. And of course, one of the reasons that Dode was right is that Yahweh inspired him to to be right with what he wrote. And the reason we are right is that we have studied and accepted Yahweh's perspective. And if you accept Yahweh's mm-hmm. perspective and you accept his testimony, 
uh, then God's going to think you're right because you're correctly conveying what he said. It's pretty hard to be wrong under those circumstances. So uh, God does think that we're pretty cool. You know, he, you know, it's, uh, I was wrote at the end of this to say uh, that when I read presentations like Michelle three, that Mm -hmm. I'm moved because that's how I see God. I know a lot of people put God, you know, up there on the pedestal. God's really big. He's powerful. He's, you know, he's uh, worth uh, praising and all this. I, I, that's not my relationship with him. I'm, I'm not telling you you need to change yours. It's yours. It's different. But my relationship with uh, Yahweh is dad. We have a very comfortable, mm-hmm. casual, friendly, familiar relationship. He's, uh, he's dad. I'm the, uh, I'm the kid. Uh, he is my guide, my protector, my teacher. Uh, the one responsible for raising me, chastising me when uh, when necessary, chiding me on occasion, correcting me quite often. Um, I mean, that's a, that's our relationship, and I'm comfortable that I like it. And and you don't very often see Yahweh's response to that. And Yahweh's response is, um, I love him. I love him. I. I I cherish him. I value him. Um, I care deeply about him. Uh, he means a lot to me. And uh, I think that's true with every member of the covenant. You know, there are some that that uh, are exceptional. Uh, we were talking about in this program, St. Uh, Jackie, you know, for example. <laughs> Uh, but, but, you know, she's, she is an extraordinary uh, individual. And I, I can't tell you how happy I am with the wonderful job David's done in creating the oh, Yada yeah, Yada website cool. and, and how beautiful it looks, how, and it works on every platform and, um, and how it's getting better and better. Um, you know, and I use it every day. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. We have some wonderful family members, and Yawa is uh, proud. And so this house that we're building for Yawa, it's our house too. Mm. We're, uh, it's our family. Our house, our family. Uh, you know, I, we're going to – Brother Dode, Uncle Moshe, mm-hmm. you know, they're, uh, they're all going to be there. And oh. we are uh, – we're family. So I do think – that we get to do more here. Um, and this is a really a joyous moment. So um, I think we get to do more here than just uh, lay, uh, lay bricks. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, chisel stone and lay bricks. Uh, and I just don't think that this house is going to be like the, uh, the others. Uh, I think God's going to say, uh, all right, let's have some fun with this. We're all here. Let's, uh, let's do it right. And, that's where we're headed. So Jerusalem is going to become the most glorious place on earth. Its uh, heart will be uh, uh, Yahweh, while uh, the souls are the people of the covenant. Uh, the day that God can once again say, these are my people and I am their God. It was uh, predicted, of course, by Hosha, uh, having forgotten the Torah and uh, breached the terms of the covenant. Yahweh divorced Yisrael, but now the family is back together again. Yeah, you know, and Hoshea says, they are not my children. 
And then uh, mm-hmm. he says, but a time will come where they will be my children and I will be their God. Yes. This is that time. This is the most important day in uh, in all of uh, history, history from Yahweh's point of view. I, mm-hmm. I think it's the second most important day for humanity. I think the most important day on humanity was the fulfillment of matzah. Um, yes. But uh, second to that is the fulfillment of Kippurim. But that's our perspective. I think from Yahweh's perspective, matzah wasn't so much fun. But uh, no. Kippurim, Kippurim will be a grand, yeah, a grand celebration. So for a very long time, Yehudim have been dishonest. But Yahweh has made remain trustworthy the people have been unreliable well god has been dependable so with these words yahweh is affirming that he did not change so for this to occur yisrael has to start listening to the voice of the prophets and that's such a remarkable thing because right now uh yisrael israelites israelis and Jews listen to the rabbis if they're among the 20% who are religious. Yeah, if they do it all. Yeah. They uh, they listen to their politicians if they're mm-hmm. uh, Israelis who are uh, uh, more secular. And boy, mm-hmm. are they political. I mean, wow. I mean, there are <laughs> – that is a political community, I'll tell you. Or they uh, they are atheists and they listen to libertards. There are – Boy, are there a lot of progressive uh, Jews, and they are—they are as lost as the religious uh, are. So, the last place that Jews are listening is to the prophets. Uh-huh. So, to catch their attention and 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 cause them to listen to the voice of the prophets, really, two things has to change. One is the text of the prophecies has to be conveyed in the language that most Jews speak. Correct. Agreed. Yes. Yeah. And second, it has to be made relevant to them. It's got to be presented Mm -hmm. to them in such a way that it says, let me explain to you why God is so different than the Hashem presented by the rabbis. Let me explain to you why the history of Israel has been so bleak. Let me tell you what God said, what he is like, what he is offering, and what he is expecting in return. And when all this is going to transpire, for them to listen to the prophets, they need an explanation. Now, there is a day when this explanation that we're providing and the <clears throat> translations we're providing will be absolutely, totally, and completely worthless. They will mm-hmm. have done their job. Yahweh's going to, yeah. to scribe, he's going to actually, what he says, he's placing his Torah teaching inside of us and going to write it on our hearts, which is our seat of judgment, so that it influences our decisions. Uh, And at that point, we're not going to need any explanation. But right now, you've got a very small number of of Yisraelites and Yehudim who know Yahweh and are listening to him, and that's the role that uh, God has asked us to, to play. So... I had thought, and, uh, and there is a statement that seems to indicate that Yahweh would be building his home for his family upon his return. But that's not entirely the case. 
uh, for uh, uh, in this particular case, uh, Yahweh uh, may be providing a all of the uh, heavy equipment and all of the the uh, the hard work uh, will do. But we're going to be participants in it because, yeah. well, Yahweh prefers working with people. So there's hope for us. You could draw a picture that you love that, you know, yeah, it's, eh, I think I'd rather have something else. I could mm-hmm. uh, put a window someplace that says, wow, look at that view. And he goes, eh, I'm not so sure. But the thing that Yahweh loves is working with his creation, with people, which means he gets a sense of enjoyment when his thoughts and his plans are filtered through our eyes and our perspectives. So my guess, he'd say, yeah, that's a nice window. Good picture. Yeah. Where should we put the picture? Right? How about in front of the window? Maybe I'll do uh, a full finished window. There we go. <laughs> so we're going to get a chance to invest a little sweat equity into our eternal home. It is a new world. It's a different time with the object of continuous scorn being seen as the ultimate blessing prophet says and just as you have been accursed and vilified ridiculed and demeaned among the Gentiles I will deliver you sparing you from this family of Yahuda and house of Yisrael such that you will become a blessing and a source of peace fear not you will prevail and have your influence restored. What a promise. Yeah, we have seen Jews accursed, vilified, ridiculed, and demeaned for a very Mm -hmm. long time. They were accursed, demeaned, vilified by the Mitzrayim, um, corrupted to Egyptians. It means crucibles of religious and political oppression. We saw them ridiculed and demeaned and accursed, uh, implicated, found contemptible uh, by the Assyrians. Uh, The same was true with the Babylonians. The same was true three times by the Romans. Same was uh, true by the Muslims. Same is true by the Europeans and particularly the Nazis. Same is true today, not only by uh, Muslims, but also uh, by uh, the libertards, the progressives of this uh, world. Mm -hmm. And so we have a long history of Jews being accursed and vilified, ridiculed and demeaned, being the victims of contemptible conspiracies, groundless theories. And so many of those are raising their ugly heads again. Uh, And it's uh, Gentiles, non-Israelis, that... uh, that Jews will have to be delivered from. But he says, I'm going to do that. I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to spare you from all of this. Family of Yahuda, house of Yisrael, such that you become a blessing and a source of peace. You will prevail. Your influence will be restored. And what was the influence of Yisrael? There's only one. And, and, and what's amazing here is with all of the millions of Israelites who have come and gone, there's only 40 of them that made a difference. Mm-hmm. 40. They were the prophets. Yeah. Yes. 
For thus says Yahweh of the spiritual messengers. Now, throughout this, it's Yahweh Shabbat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes you say, boy, how many times is he going to say Yahweh Shabbat? Many as he wants. Yeah, and, well, I guess many as he wants, yeah. Why in this context is he so Yahweh Shabbat, Yahweh the spiritual mm-hmm. uh, messenger? I think it's because the Malak play a very, very big role and uh, the days prior to Yahweh's return. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a lot of things going on. One is that the the family, the covenant family, prior to the Teruah harvest, um, needs protection, uh, needs uh, inspiration, needs support. And so the Malak are there as, uh, as emissaries representing Yahweh. There are those mm-hmm. of us who have stirred up a few hornets' nests by uh, uh, condemning Islam, exposing and condemning Pauline Christianity, exposing and condemning rabbinical Judaism, uh, exposing and condemning uh, uh, liberalism, communism, Marxism, wokeism. Uh, and you just can't attack that many isms and survive it unless the... <laughs> Uh, Malak of Yahweh, who formed the Shabbat, are actively engaged. Right, yeah, it's yeah. the whole uh, impetus of the 91st uh, Mizmor Psalm. So it is a time when we have to rely on them. Uh, that banner that uh, Yahweh spoke about, which is the giant scroll that will be in the, uh, in the sky, uh, that's being held up by uh, Mizmor. Uh, excuse me, not by Ms. Boyce, but it's uh, held up by, uh, by uh, the, the Shabbat, the, uh, yeah, the Malak. So that's, I think, why we're, 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 there's so much action, so much testimony, so much change transpiring in the uh, next uh, 12 years that the Malak are going to be very active and therefore, it is Yahweh Saba. This will be the most active the Saba have ever been. So thus says Yahweh of the spiritual messengers, based upon the status of the relationship, I had considered breaking uh, you out of it uh, when your fathers provoked me. Yahweh, the spiritual implements, uh, said, and I did not relent. However, now I am intending upon my return at that time to do what is right and good for Jerusalem and for the house of Yahudah. Fear not. I am um, happy, um, pleased that we read what has to be true, that Yahweh is not hiding this from us. Uh, 3,400 years of bad behavior of of the people that he had rescued and saved and that he communicated his testimony in their language and their presence through their people and made all of these promises too for those people for 3,400 plus years to constantly spit in his face to rebel yeah. against him to, to create their own scriptures to create their own gods to uh, ignore him. I mean, the one place you will never find Yahweh's name is among a religious Jew. 
In fact, his name is not even mentioned in Israel. And here Israel uh, picks a symbol for the ethnicity of Jews, for the nation, the politics of Israel, and for the religion of Judaism. And it's a goddamn star of David. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one thing he said is, is don't be worshiping the son of the stars. There is no star of David. If you're going to pick a symbol, Yahweh's symbol is the menorah, which is the symbol that stood between the two witnesses during the last days. So not only have they spit in God's face, but they've renounced his name. They've renounced his presence. They speak out against him. And so it's good to see Yahweh telling us the truth that based upon the status of the relationship, he had considered ending it because he had been provoked to the point where he couldn't stand it anymore. Nonetheless, God made a promise to Abraham, and despite the nastiness of the people, he's going to honor it, which means he's going to return on a day of reconciliation, and every Israelite who is willing to listen open their minds, open their eyes, open their ears, listen and observe what Yahweh has to say, embrace him, come to appreciate what he is offering and asking in return, that he is going to reconcile his relationship with them, doing what is good and right, going to do so in Jerusalem for the house of Yahudah. That's his promise. Now, if you are a Jew, you are an Israeli, this is your opportunity. God is willing to greet you with open arms. All you have to do is acknowledge who he is, accept the five conditions of the covenant, mm-hmm. um, attend his Moed Mikre, just acknowledge him, accept him, approach him. Stop ignoring him. And, you know, it's not just that you're going to have a nice reunion and won't it be fun, but from that point, eternity begins. We become seven-dimensional. We get to explore the universe. We, we get to camp out with our Father and Creator. It's worth doing, and it's an open invitation. So he's intending on doing what's right and good for Jerusalem and the house of Yehudah. These are the words which, for the benefit of the relationship, you should act upon. Speak the truth, demonstrating mm-hmm. some integrity to one another. From friends to neighbors, from associates to nations, being trustworthy and honest, exercising good judgment while deciding in favor of restoration and reconciliation on behalf of those with whom you can reason. Zechariah 8.16. Boy, isn't that a, uh, yeah, Mouse, what a, what a wonderful statement. I'm it up right away. Yeah. 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 These are the words for which, or which for the benefits of the relationship, you should act upon. You should consider doing. Speak the truth. Boy, there haven't been 
a lot of Jews that have done that. Well, that's a little unfair to Jews. There have been a lot of people that have done that. True. Demonstrating integrity. The bar MF. Do so to one another. From friends to neighbors, associates to nations. Being trustworthy and honest. Exercising good judgment. Well, deciding in favor of, rest, of restoration and reconciliation. Doing so on behalf of those with whom you can reason. To a significant degree, Yahweh is simply asking us to be like him. Speak the truth. Yeah. Communicate to one another. Talk to anyone who is willing to listen. Be trustworthy and honest. Exercise good judgment. And ultimately, just as he announced, decide in favor of restoration and reconciliation. God is asking us to follow his example. Now, Jews have been vilified and demeaned for, well, every bit of 2,500 plus years. It's gotten old. It was dumb then, and it's stupid now. Every time someone ridicules or implicates Jews, it reveals the ignorance of the accuser. It causes God to despise them. These are very poor life choices. I am ready to see Yisrael's influence restored. I'm sure you are as well. Yeah, certainly. They were called to be God's witnesses, his prophets, mm -hmm. a shining example of the best we can be. Now, clearly, Jews have brought a significant degree of their torment upon themselves. Judaism is obnoxious. The outfits worn by the ascetic, oh, they're just ridiculous. But nonetheless, all of the conspiratorial, political, and religious claims against Jews are unjustified. Feel free to condemn Judaism. Feel free to, uh, to criticize Israeli politics. But uh, you are not free to speak out against the ethnicity. Jews have managed to provoke God of that we can be certain. But we can also expect Yahweh to restore his relationship with his people. God will do what's right for them. So as the sands of time descend and uh, mankind's hourglass, it is long past time that we finally learn to tell the truth. Let's stop lying to one another about religion and politics about socialism and communism, and especially about conspiracy, Israel, Jews, and Yahuwah. Let's exercise some good judgment. Let's be honest, encouraging all who will uh, listen to decide in favor of reconciliation. Fortunately, Yahweh has only asked us to communicate with those with whom we can reason, eliminating the need to talk with Anyone who is overtly religious, political, or conspiratorial, they're, they're a waste of breath. There is a book that will be published in uh, Yisrael, uh, I think, next week. 
it is uh, about the what's called the Abraham Accords, which Trump, to his credit, uh, was the sponsor. Uh, Kirshner, I think, had a great say in it as well. But it was under the Trump administration that more progress was made in a shorter period of time than, than maybe any time in, in modern history. Um, and that, so Trump was being interviewed for uh, the role that he and his administration played on something that was really extraordinary. And Trump couldn't get out of his own way. I mean, here is Trump having done something that the entire world should applaud. Now, he recognized that uh, the Golan belonged to Israel and said so. He recognized that the U.S. Embassy belonged in Jerusalem and did so. He uh, uh, recognized that um, a, uh, a treaty with Iran that allows them to continue to refine uranium uh, so that they can prepare for a bomb is wrong and that sanctions should uh, be imposed on them. He was right. He was right about so many things in this regard. But now he's being interviewed over the Abraham Accords. Um, you know, almost everything that he's done, the Biden administration has managed to undo. And he is uh, uh, fixated on a single thing. Slandering, dishing Benjamin Netanyahu. Now, I'm no fan of Benjamin Netanyahu. I think he's an egotistical maniac. Uh, and I think that the government he formed with the religious parties was a disaster for Israel. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, he and Trump were buddies. And so when Bibi uh, congratulated Biden on his, uh, his win, Trump went ballistic. You know, he said uh, it was a sign of disloyalty to him that Bibi would recognize the president of the United States, that the president of with Israel would call to congratulate the president of the United States. And he, so he said, F, BB. Mm-hmm. And then throughout the interview, all he could say is this fixation on, on how he had done so much for BB and he didn't appreciate the lack of loyalty. You know, Trumpster, it's not BB's job to be your lapdog. You want loyalty? Buy a Labrador. Uh, uh, Trump's policies and many things compared to Biden's are vastly superior. But what a nincompoop. Good grief. No wonder he lost. This is the prophetic pronouncement of Yahweh's word concerning Yisrael. Yahweh, who spread out the universe and established the earth and who shaped the, the impulse for um, inside uh, Adam and humankind, predicts. So... That's uh, saying, okay, uh, you, you may want to listen to what I had to say, have to say, because I, I just 
happen to be God. My word uh, is trustworthy and true. I am the one that established Israel. I am the one that spread out the universe. I'm the one who, was, who conceived the earth. I'm the one who shaped the impulse for the spirit inside of Adam, humankind. And this is what I am predicting. So it's not very often that God um, talks to us from that perspective. Mm-hmm. But when he does, you ought to take notice. So in this proclamation, Yahweh attests that the universe is expanding and that the fabric of space bends. And while we know these things now, circa 500 BCE, we did not. With this statement, another piece of the puzzle also falls into place. The Barishith Genesis account tells us that Yahweh gave man, like all other animals, a nephesh soul or consciousness to make him a living creature. Then Yahweh revealed that he equipped Adam with a nasama, conscience, to elevate him unto the likeness of God himself. Our conscience is our nasama. It's our seat of judgment. It's what enabled Adam and us to differentiate between right and wrong, to discriminate between good and bad, to judge between the ways of Yahweh and those of man. Therefore, our conscience is what God conceived within humankind to make us receptive to the spirit. Mm-hmm. With it, in addition to our nephesh, humankind is equipped to live in Yahweh's presence. Now, with this realization, one of Christendom's biggest myths is uh, busted. There's obviously no such thing as original sin. The Catholic Church's position that a child must be baptized in pagan fashion to be purged of Adam's stain is erroneous. From Yahweh's perspective, and his is the only one that matters, Adam was conceived with the means to restore the relationship. His Nasama conscience was passed on from father to son, but not his son. That was a great connection, by the way. Yep, it is. Some great <laughs> yeah, we, we gain the, the conscience, the ability to discern mm-hmm. good from bad, right from wrong. But we are not stained with his mistakes. Of all the sins, yeah. Correct. Great. Um, this note, while most people are likely imbued with a conscience today, most have a inoperable nasama. It runs on logic when fed accurate information. Religion and politics are its nemesis. The former gums up the works with faulty programming and errant data, while the latter renders judgment offensive. Now that's a fairly profound thought. Mm-hmm. So most people, while they have an Asalma today, it has been rendered inoperable. That's why mm-hmm. they can't exercise good judgment. Uh, I was talking with a friend of mine at lunch, and his uh, 
He dearly loves his wife. He's loyal to his wife, but his wife is a libertard. And he cannot have a conversation with her about politics because as a progressive, evidence and reason does not matter. She can't process facts. She can't appreciate the importance of, uh, of logic and of forming conclusions based upon making the right connections. Completely lost on her. Uh, and so this is an example of what religion and politics do to people. The same thing would be true with a religious person. Religion gums up the works, literally with faulty programming and errant data, while politics now renders judgments offensive. That's the whole nature of political mm-hmm. correctness, uh, of wokeism. And that's now, with this what I in mind, said earlier, no, yeah. I'm just going to say what, what yeah. you said earlier. Don't you don't have to argue with these people if they if they can't if they have no logic, if mm-hmm. they can't talk yeah. to them with uh, an logical approach. Don't waste Correct. your time. That's a waste of time. Excuse me. Even yeah. God can't convince a religious person to embrace that. Yes. With this in mind, let's examine what God predicted would occur in our well, not too distant future. He says, "Behold." I am preserving Jerusalem as the threshold and doorway of reeling and staggering intoxication for all of the surrounding people and for those against Yaudah. This will exist during the siege against Jerusalem. So, God is not only returning to Jerusalem on behalf of his people, and then when he does, those that remnant who has survived will be recognized by God as family. They will recognize Yahweh as their God. But there are those who are still looking, coveting this place, searching for Al-Barak, the winged ass. And for those uh, people in search of the Hopi print, God says, you know, uh, you are so stupid that I'm just going to make all of this a source of reeling and staggering intoxication for you. Um, everyone who is against Yahuda, against Jews, uh, well, this will be your stumbling block. As you try to besiege my city, you will be besieged yourself. Well, so much for the uh, just the future, I guess. This is really happening today, isn't it? The conquest yeah, the of, are all yeah. doing it. Yeah. Of, uh, of Jerusalem is the insane rant of Muslims and progressives around the world and is the catalyst for Islamic terrorism for the Muslims surrounding the city. We have a huge uptick in violence right now in Israel. The fake Assyrians are going berserk. You know, pay for slay is, uh, is so much a part of their, of their mindset. Uh, you can see films of, of young Palestinian, fake Palestinian boys stabbing, um, uh, defenseless, armed 
young men walking on the sidewalk. Uh, the w- one happened uh, right th- after that, where uh, where they stabbed a um, uh, a pregnant woman who had already had uh, five children, and they're stabbing her with a knife. They're throwing bricks into okay. cars and ripping the people out. Uh, it is a horrible time, and they're being inspired to believe that. They're the real um, observing people yes. mm-hmm. of, uh, of uh, Israel and Jerusalem. And it's utter and complete nonsense. It's amazing what people will be led to believe and how badly they will act out upon a lie. But Israel was given to Jews by Yahweh. And their most formidable foe for years was the Philistines, which were wiped out by the Assyrians. There's no such thing as the Philistine. They're all gone. And they were not the inhabitants of the land anyway. They, they came from, uh, from Crete, from Cyprus, from the, uh, the Mediterranean islands. Uh, they were the remnants of, uh, of probably the the bad boys of the of uh, had to get out there. Yeah, the Miocene uh, civilization, <laughs> and to a large degree, are very similar to the Phoenicians and the Punic peoples of the uh, of Carthage. Mm-hmm. But they were sort of the renegades. They didn't have a language sure. even of their own, so they uh, they spoke and wrote in Hebrew. Um, and they were vicious, as uh, Dode said. You know, you're a loudmouth, disgusting, uncircumcised uh, Philistine. And so to call oneself a Philistine and to claim a place called Palestine is to be completely ignorant of its history. There is no basis for it outside of the Torah and Prophets, and in the Torah and Prophets there is no basis for it. What I mean by that is that without the Torah and Prophets, no one's ever heard of a Philistine. No. no one's ever heard of, uh, of uh, Palestine. No one's ever heard of it. And with the Torah and prophets, those people aren't deserving. Uh, they're enemies of God. They were not given the land. And they were hauled off into uh, to slavery and ultimately um, annihilated by the Assyrians. So they don't exist. So the whole thing is just a pointless lie, and yet they're killing for that lie. Having interviewed Islamic terrorists in proximity to Jerusalem after 9-11 in late 2001, and then having compiled Prophet of Doom, I understand the stupefying effects of religion in general and Islam in particular. Now, this conclusion becomes readily apparent when we witness enraged Muslim youth lashing out with rocks, crude incendiary devices, bottle rockets, and firecrackers while building barricades comprised of burning tires and trash. They are mentally disabled, emotionally dysregulated, morally compromised. It's as if they were operating under the influence of the world's most debilitating drug. Muslims and the liberals who support them 
are unable to comprehend that there is no basis to the Palestinian claim to Jerusalem. There are no Palestinians. There is no Palestine. The Philistines, whose name they are commandeering, they are not native to the land, but instead to the island of Crete. Their borders never existed uh, outside of the Gaza Strip. Ever. They were wiped out by the Assyrians 2,600 years ago. As for the claim that Jerusalem is the third holiest site in Islam, I've, we've talked about it, that's equally yeah, ignorant. Yeah. yeah. No, it's based on Quran and Hadith stories that are enormously embarrassing to the religion. Now, God is telling us that the Islamic rage behind the seas of Jerusalem and Judea is intoxicating such that there is no merit in trying to negotiate with them. One cannot reason with a Muslim. Those who try to engage or coddle them display their ignorance, the ignorance of the Quran and the Hadith and Muhammad's alter ego, Allah. Now, that does not mean that we ought to be tormenting them. You know, there's, I had a discussion with my, my wife uh, this afternoon. She had posted uh, a, uh, uh, something uh, on social media, talk, you know, speaking out against the Pakistanians and saying, you know, we have a right to defend ourselves and, and that uh, we're not going anywhere. And uh, I said, you yeah, know, it's fine for you to write that. It's all true and everything, but... The, there is this um, upsurgence of settler violence right now against Muslims, where they're chanting, you know, death to Arabs. They're, uh, um, when a Muslim uh, throws bricks into um, Jewish car windows with their family writing inside, they will reciprocate and throw bricks into a, uh, a Muslim civilian car. And what I said is, I don't turn stupid. into them. That's yeah. stupid. You, you do yeah. not um, prevail and take the high ground over Islamic terrorism by acting like an Islamic terrorist. Mm -hmm. uh, that's not, the right thing to do is to use your words to, for Israel as a whole to stop referring to a place called Palestine, stop referring to Palestinians, call them what they are, they're Muslims, Deal with the religion as it is, which is a terrorist dogma, and explain that they, they have no claims, that their very existence is a lie. Use your words. Don't resort to throwing stones. Now, returning to that which is credible, Yahweh revealed that the Islamic misconceptions regarding Jerusalem and misappropriation of the city is going to be their undoing. Uh, this is Zachariah, remember Yahweh, Zechariah 12.3. It shall be during this time that I will cause Jerusalem to be an immovable stone for all these people. Everyone who attempts to move it will lacerate and impale themselves. 
and yet Gentiles from every ethnicity, nation, religion, and place on earth will gather against it. So, God said, you know, you, how about it, Didn't man? leave anybody out, did it? You want to well, come, you yeah. want a piece of me? Uh, yeah, go ahead and try. Let's say, for those that have come to attack Israel, who uh, want a piece of uh, Jerusalem claiming it, who want to kill Jews, you just go right ahead and try. You see how that works out for you? They're going to fall on their own swords. They're going to cut off their own feet. They're going to die by their own words. So it shall be during that time that I will cause Jerusalem to be an immovable stone for all of these people. Everyone who attempts to move it will lacerate and impale themselves. And yet the Gentiles from every ethnicity, nation, religion, and place on earth Kol, Goyim, Ha, Eretz will gather against it. I mean, some point you've got to say, yeah. why are you fighting against God? You know, <laughs> <You are. laughs> I'm too why, short. <laughs> why would you want to fight against God? It's not going to work out for you. This story has a happy ending. And if you are a Muslim, it isn't going to work out well for you. Man is a slow learner. Some will never understand. Among our worst choices is to oppose Yahweh, his people, and his place. The earth is littered with the ruins of nations and institutions that have tried. To this day, Jerusalem is the most contested place on the planet. It is the capital of the Jewish homeland, a gift from God to his everyone the world odor, over seems set on taking it away and giving it to uh, religious terrorists. In keeping with cancel culture and political correctness, the truth is disparaged to establish a myth. You know, Israel's a tiny, tiny place. I think it represents two-tenths of one percent of the land in the Islamic Middle East. Two-tenths of one percent. There is no shortage of land in the Islamic countries. They are, for the most part, very sparsely populated. I mean, the Sinai is is still an open wilderness, as is most of Egypt. Uh, Jordan is mostly uh, uh, huge tracts are uninhabited. The majority of Saudi Arabia is uh, lightly or uninhabited. Um, <laughs> if the Crown Prince Mohammed continues to have his way with uh, Yemen, it will be mostly uninhabited. Uh, there just isn't uh, a shortage of land in the Islamic world. They don't covet Israel because, well, look, they, they need a homeland. They need a place. Mm-hmm. No, they covet it because they hate Jews. Jerusalem and Judea will continue to be under siege between now and Yahweh's return on Yom Kippur. The only thing which is going to change 
is the source of belligerence, the size of the assault, and the caliber of weapons being brought to bear against God's people. In this case, Yahweh was speaking of the Magog War. It's an assault triggered by Muslims after the fall of Syria, which will ultimately engulf the world in conflict as nations take sides. Boy, I tell you what, the world's in an exceedingly dangerous place. I think there's now only a... Um, around 15 countries in the world that uh, support uh, Taiwan. And systematically mm-hmm. now, China is going to each of the, the 15 countries or so that still support Taiwan's independence and bribing the leaders and bribing those countries, saying, you know, if, if you uh, turn on Taiwan and say Taiwan is has no right to exist, that it's part of China, then we will give this money to you as a leader and we'll give this kind of investment into your country. They're literally bribing people so that there is no country left that will support Taiwan and they're going to invade. It's certain. And Russia right now is viewing the Ukraine like we view mm-hmm. the Cuban, like the U.S. viewed the Cuban Missile Crisis, mm-hmm. although the Ukraine is probably worse, because in the Ukraine the the uh, uh, revolution that uh, that overthrew the uh, pro-Russian government uh, was staged by the United States, mm-hmm. equipped and staged we by the United States, yeah. and financed yeah. by the United States. And so we overthrew the government of the Ukraine because, well, we wanted a place for NATO to go and and play and have fun. And then we supplied, which are probably the most unethical people on the planet. The uh, Ukrainians are exceedingly unethical uh, with many, many billions of dollars of U.S. military hardware. Now, this is a country, a region that had been part of Russia for many hundreds of years, has Russia's most important pipeline running right through it, that Russia had supported financially, and we took it over in the West, the United States leading the charge, because, well, we wanted a a playground for NATO troops and for American weapons. And we wanted to do what Khrushchev attempted to do with Cuba, which was arm a, uh, a place on the Russian border uh, near the Russian heartland. And we've done so. So Russia's saying, you know, why should we put up with you continuing to put weapons and armaments in, uh, in Ukraine? And why should we allow the uh, Ukraine, uh, this illegitimate government, to harass the ethnic Russians that uh, are in the eastern part of the country. And so Russia has put, what, 100,000 troops on the border. Mm-hmm. And Putin is doing everything he can say that say, you know, you, you have given me no alternative but to go in and protect the uh, ethnic Russians. And uh, I would not be surprised if he says, you know, I don't have anything to lose anymore. Uh, you're, this is uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis uh, played in reverse. 
And so the world's in a very dangerous place. And then you've got uh, Turkey, which has imploded. Uh, Erdogan has done everything wrong, and their economy is in free fall, and there are mm-hmm. riots uh, throughout the, uh, the country. And you've got them treating the Kurds, which are the largest ethnic minority in the world without a homeland, as terrorists uh, and attacking them where the United States is equipping them to fight a proxy war against uh, the uh, Iranian-backed Hezbollah troops. And, and you've got China and Russia siding with Iran and Hezbollah and Shia Islam because of the oil and the pipelines around the Caspian Sea. And then you have Europe and the United States siding with Saudi Arabia and the Sunni Muslims against the Shia. The world's an exceedingly dangerous place. Mm-hmm. And then you add to that the disruption of, of world economies, which typically leads to war. And America is very close to entering a period of economic collapse, of a Great Depression, and of, uh, of runaway inflation. Mm-hmm. That's how much damage we have done to our economy. Uh, supply lines have been horribly destroyed because liberal leaders tried to control the economy to say who could work and who was essential, not having any clue how complex they are. And then their answer to everything is let's throw pretend money at it. Let's create the illusion of money and well, trillion here, trillion there, several trillion more here, a few more trillion there. And all you do is destroy incentive, you destroy the value of your currency, you destroy your economy, you create a, uh, a ticking time bomb with debt. And that's where we are. It's a very, very dangerous world. And, and at the same time, we have the mm-hmm. liberals in charge of education where Everything is, uh, is cancel culture and wokeism and truth no longer matters. You're rendering the generations of people completely incapable of thinking. A very dangerous time we live in. Can I ask a quick question? Sure. Well, I was reading today where they were about the economy and they, they were talking about companies. Large companies are looking at 30% input cost. You know, they just cannot, they have to pass that on. So there's no way they're going to they're gonna eat it. So that's, right. every price on just about everything in America is going to go up uh, yeah. substantially. They can't, they so can't, can't hire can't people because they don't want to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, uh, the whole, you can work out of home and give it as much time as you want or as little time as you want, uh, created an entirely different uh, culture in terms of, of uh, value that people are providing. Um, they, uh, the supply chains are so screwed up that the cost of materials are sky high. Um, mm-hmm. The ability to deliver anything is, uh, is so screwed up that goods are sitting in harbors so people can't get supplies. Um, we have taken China to the point where they supply almost everything that we, uh, we buy in this country. And yet mm-hmm. we're uh, we're going into a rhetorical war with them. Um, it, it's just hopelessly screwed up and way beyond fixing. Yeah. 
and who knows how long we're going to deal with all of the constraints of uh, corona. So anyway, God says, during that time, Yahweh declares prophetically, I will Mm -hmm. strike and destroy every fast-moving and flying weapon of war by confusing the drivers, causing them to be irrational and erratic. It wouldn't take much to um, confuse the pilots and and drivers of of military equipment. Um, not much at all, because they're all now functioning on the GPS system. And you knock out the GPS system, an a, uh, electromagnetic uh, blast would uh, would do it. You you knock that out, and they're blind as bats. Our precision guided weapons aren't precision anymore. Our our drones. I mean, it, the reason that uh, you can control a drone from far away is because of, uh, of the GPS systems. You know, they have a moving map. They know exactly where they are because of GPS. You uh, put that uh, pilot who is uh, sitting there in a trailer someplace in the desert um, 10, 15,000 miles away, and all they've got is steam gauges and, uh, and visual clues, Ain't no way he could find the target, much less get that drone back. He'd be falling out of the sky like like uh, birds full of buckshot. And so, not it wouldn't take much for Yahweh to fulfill this part of this uh, prophecy. I will strike and destroy every fast-moving, flying weapon of war by confusing the drivers, causing them to be irrational and erratic. Now. This would have required considerable intervention some years ago, but now it can be achieved with, as I mentioned, an EMP blast Mm -hmm. or or corrupted programming. Almost all weapons of war are GPS-guided, such that a crippling of the system would render the driver and rider alike, um, panicking them in enemy uh, airspace. and make no mistake, the Chinese and the Americans and the Russians all have anti-satellite weapons. Uh, the Russians recently tested one of theirs and almost took out the, uh, the space station that had uh, Russian cosmonauts on it. Um, I know that. We're in, no. we're in a wow. spot. And, uh, and the big uh, war impetus now is on uh, these uh, hypersonic weapons. Um, so that uh, we can nuke one another at uh, at blazing speed. They're much, much faster than uh, the old uh, intercontinental ballistic uh, missiles. Uh, what they do is they shorten the time that it takes to go up. Uh, the time that it comes to go down is already uh, more than ballistic. Very fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, as a pilot, I can tell you that I became dependent upon GPS and moving map displays within my aircraft. I I stopped carrying paper charts and relied uh, upon uh, redundant electronic systems, all powered by the means of uh, global positioning uh, satellites. If that system failed, I would have been poorly equipped to navigate around complex airways. Now, I was trained. Steam gauges, Mm -hmm. man. I could triangulate between the the VORs, and uh, and I learned how to do it, and I did enough of it to know it. I would never do it again, and that that now no one is trained such they could even do it. 
And so without GPS, we'd be lost. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised without GPS. Most people couldn't figure out how to drive their car. Uh, most people, they say, you know, where do you want to go? They put it in their uh, and the GPS in their car or on their phone. And it'll say, turn right, turn left. Zeus, which is uh, that fast-flying weapons of war, uh, is most often used in connection and correlation with uh, swiftly moving military machines, especially mounted cavalry and chariots. It, it depicts uh, something which is ridden in, uh, in flight. All of this ties nicely into Rakab, mm-hmm. which speaks of drivers and thus provides us with a glimpse of the weaponry which will be brought to bear against Yisrael, uh, Jerusalem, and Yahudim. So, for the sake of the house of Yahudah, Yahweh says, I'm going to keep my eyes open. And therefore, every one of these people, fast-moving and flying weapons of war, I will afflict with the inability to see. Yay. Um, It's just not going to work out well. Uh, God has never missed on a prophecy. He is not missing now. It's just a really bad idea. I mean, I'm sorry, Biden administration, but this is this is a bad plan that you're on. You you ought not be trying to negotiate with the Iranians on a new deal. You know, you ought to destroy their nuclear capability, and we can do it with our bunker busting bombs. But if you wait too late, destroying it is going to be catastrophic. It needs to be done. It is one of a million lacerations upon the heart of uh, Christianity. Uh, Right up to the end, Yahweh's attention is focused on the house of Yahudah. He is coming to support his people against the likes of the Goyim, Christians and Muslims who are in opposition to them. There is no room in these words for replacement, replacement theology. And without it, there is no basis for Christianity. Now, as man's weapons have become more technologically sophisticated, they have become more vulnerable. There is not much that can go wrong with an unguided bomb. Although, boy, if you look at the newsreels of uh, of us bombing in the Second World War or in Vietnam, you'd realize well, there's not everybody. much that can go wrong. There's not much that can go right either. But no. a variety of errors can send a smart bomb astray. Similarly, yeah. a pilot flying a magnetic compass heading is not blinded and disoriented by the failure of modern avionics linked to the global positioning satellites because those skills are no longer taught. It's uh, like the inability to do multiplication on one's head after the development of calculators. No one does it. And yet, if you can't do multiplication and division in your head, it's very difficult to really think logically. As mentioned previously, a, a significant electromagnetic energy pulse, the right time and place would render the world's 
uh, positioning and communication systems inoperable. And because the United States is so dependent upon them, uh, China, with uh, superior numbers of manpower and old-fashioned bludgery capability, would do well to take them out. And, you know, what really is the United States going to do when when uh, China decides that uh, they want to um, invade and occupy Taiwan? What are we going to do? We're going to stamp our feet and say, no, no, no. We're going to send an aircraft carrier over there that uh, says, no, no, no. What are we going to do? Realistic. What are we going to do? Are we going to boycott to China and uh, preclude about, well, 90% of the raw earth elements that that the technological world runs on? Are we going to preclude the things that uh, the people buy in the store because they're not made in America anymore? What are we going to do? Now, truthfully, what were we going to do? When Russia says, I've had enough of, uh, of NATO's and America's uh, arming and equipping um, what was our country and the Ukraine, what are we going to do? More sanctions? We've already put sanctions on them to the point that it's ridiculous. What are we going to do? Everything we've touched militarily has turned to mush. What have we done since uh, World War II? that's had a desirable effect. Certainly not the Korean War. Look at what the mess we made and we left. Certainly not mm-hmm. Vietnam. Vietnam certainly not the yeah. invasion of Iraq and Afghanistan. I mean, mm-hmm. are we going to claim Grenada? <laughs> and, Sorry. You know, if you look at, uh, at World War II, we really made a mess of things. We left yes, Europe to, worse than we found it, it because up. we... We yeah. kicked out uh, Hitler, and we, uh, we allowed the Soviet Union to control even a greater swath of territory. Uh, and they were even more oppressive. And in the Pacific, what did we do there? I mean, we lost 3,000 men to our own stupidity in, in Pearl Harbor, and we avenged their death by sacrificing 300,000? And... There's nothing here that that says that America's military has been of any value. So, well, God's going to strike down those who openly demonstrate that they have no regard for his people or the promises he's made to them. Yahweh's going to continue to support those who love him and who rely upon him. Um, Zechariah 12.5 Then the close friends and lovers of Yahudah will use their best judgment to say, for me, those who live and remain in Jerusalem are supported and empowered, strengthened, equipped, and enabled by Yahweh, their God, and his conscripts who assist. It is a good thing to be in favor of Yahudah, means the beloved of Yah. Mm -hmm. There is today a, a major emphasis by the rabbis of claiming that someone is not Jewish if they're not into Judaism and only their strain of Judaism counts. They would yes. demean the Orthodox. They would demean the, uh, the reform. Um, mm-hmm. And so they have created this myth that to be 
that Judaism and being Jewish are ubiquitous. So when God condemns Judaism and says that he wants to reconcile his relationship with those who are Jewish, God is not being anti-Semitic, nor are we when we take that approach. Uh, the rabbis are wrong. So we are pro-Yisrael because Yahweh is. We are pro-Yahudah because Yahweh is. Our mission is to awaken Yisrael and Yahudah so that they come home to Yah. This is our job. This is what Yahweh wants. And so we are leading the chorus of those who say that Jerusalem is supported, empowered, equipped, and enabled by Yahweh. We are the friends and lovers of what it really means to be Yahud, beloved of Yah. The champions and confidence, confidence of Yahudah and those who are engaged in a relationship with Yahweh's beloved, we are few and far between. We are resolutely committed to the well-being of God's people and to the sanctity of his place. We celebrate the benefits associated with trusting Yahweh to empower and equip his family to accomplish whatever he needs done. Now, should you be confused by the fact that we, like Yahweh, are resolutely opposed to Judaism and to rabbis? It is because they are Yehuda's most debilitating foes. That's tough to hear if you're a Jew. But the mm-hmm. truth is, according to God, the most debilitating adversary to Yisrael and to Yahudem are rabbis in Judaism. Those who are attacking Israel are using weapons which are readily disabled, as God has told us. While the festering disease of religion strikes at the heart of its prey, and it metastasizes to the point that there is no longer any distinction between the individual and the institution. So yes, Yisrael, Yahudah, and Jerusalem will be relentlessly and ruthlessly attacked by moronic and barbaric Muslims, by idiotic Christians, by thoughtless multiculturalists, progressives, and communists. But with Yahweh's protection, it will remain the safest place on earth for the chosen people. As God says, be not afraid. Come home. Usually translated of hosts, we discussed this a moment ago, Mm -hmm. Yahweh and Shabbat are comprised of Malak. They are spiritual messengers and heavenly envoys. and They are a, a regiment of, uh, of living implements, energy-based beings akin to light who are perfectly arranged to serve, always doing as God requests. The Saba are marshaled to perform 
and assign roles and to engage in all manner of spiritual battles. While Yahweh's Malach messengers and envoys, whom we errantly call angels, have no free will, they have access to and work on behalf of the just sovereign of the universe. It is really a marvelous job. Mm -hmm. There are no complaints. Returning to Zachariah, we find that sides have been chosen, and all that remains is watching this contest unfold. Now, all of this is all of the hoopla that leads to Yahweh's return on the Day of Reconciliations, October 2nd, 622 p.m. in Jerusalem in 2033. On that day, I will cause the close friends, related family, and lovers of Yahuda to be like a flaming pulpit in the timbers and like a blazing torch among the stalks of fallen grain. And they will devour them to the right and to the left, enveloping all of the surrounding armies and peoples, while Jerusalem shall continue to be inhabited, succeeding with one thing logically following another through time in Jerusalem. We're going to be transformed into light. That's what I'm reading. Yep. The close friends, related family, and lovers of Yahuda will be like a kayor, esh, a fiery platform upon a stage, a blazing cauldron, cauldron, a hearth, a forge, and a smelting furnace in the timbers and amongst the combustible materials. And that's such an interesting thing. So here we are, this, this flaming, fiery pulpit and we're blazing amongst the combustible material which is the mortals that have come against Israel we're like a torch showing the way a firebrand and shining flame among the stalks of the fallen grain which represent the religious the political those who have come to attack God's people they're worthless and they're being devoured by this flame you know there is there's this reference a number of places here is one of them where at this time those who speak out on behalf of Yahweh who defend uh, Jerusalem who defend Israelites they will consume those opposing them as a uh, flame would consume the rubble Uh, and that's what's happening here This is not a time to argue with God. It's not a time to argue with his people. So it's not just the Malak that will be engaged. So will Yahweh's family. We're going to get to not only build Yahweh's house, but defend his people. And our weapon is going to be light, fire. And you know how we're going to... um, to spread that fire, how that torch is going to work. It's going to be through our words. And it will consume. Um, It will 
um, absolutely incinerate everything that is opposed to Yahweh, his people, and his place. Devouring, enveloping all the surrounding armies and people while uh, Jerusalem will remain inhabited. All of this is going to happen, including Yahweh's return, with one event following another. So what word was it that you looked up, uh, Kirk? No, I wasn't that so much as I looked up all of them just to make sure. Yeah, that's exactly what he's saying. So it wasn't it wasn't one epiphany or something. It was just, yeah, I, just, I had to do that a couple of times. And, wow, that's really what he says. Yeah, and Yahweh, you know, presents himself during the Yatsa, the Exodus, as being Mm -hmm. a brilliant, fiery light. That he was represented by fire on the top of the uh, of the mountain, and then he was a pillar of fire during the Mm -hmm. uh, the night. So Yahweh is presenting himself as radiant energy, as Mm -hmm. uh, as light. And what is he saying of his covenant children? We're going to be radiant energy and light. We're going to be flaming, just as uh, as Yahweh presented himself in this world. So our presence in this world will be identical to our gods, which means that our God is making us ever more like him. And fire has so many Mm -hmm. wonderful qualities. I think one of the reasons that Yahweh likes fire so much as a metaphor and he uses the mm-hmm. fire, you know, coming to the presence of the maternal spirit, the, the fiery light of, of your spiritual mother uh, during the Moed Mikra, is that what fire does is it transforms uh, physical, organic material, our decaying bodies, mm-hmm. into light. Mm-hmm. It's that it is literally consumes one to turn it into the other. So it's such a perfect metaphor. It enlightens, it warms, it Purifies. draws attention, mm-hmm. uh, it, uh, it um, perfects both water and food so that the mm-hmm. toxins are removed and it's more nourishing. Uh, it's very inviting when we're camping out. Uh, and it's stunningly empowering. It's what drove the uh, the Industrial Revolution, this fire. It's still what we use to generate electricity. Mm-hmm. We heat water. A fire of one sort or another, boiling water to uh, to turn a, uh, a steam turbine. That's how we make electricity. It is the source of of our power, has been and continues to be. It brought light to a dark world so we could read the Torah and be with our families and, and enjoy one another's company even after the sun goes down. It, it's the thing that we all try to build if we're camping out and want to keep, keep the beasties at bay. Mm-hmm. That too, yes. We use it to cook our food, to boil our water, uh, to warm ourselves at, uh, at night, to keep the beasts at bay to create a, a atmosphere around which we can enjoy one another and family. And it is this transformative effect, taking the decaying nature of matter and transforming it into the power of energy. 
Perhaps that's a good place for us to uh, to stop, uh, Kirk. We've um, okay. we covered a lot of territory here, uh, but um, it's hard not to like what uh, no. Yao was offering. Well, and this is going to be an amazing thought, time. Yeah. You know, yeah. We're talking about the return of our God to Earth. You're talking about some horrible things that the world will encounter, but it's it's very comforting to me that we're doing what Yah wants, and secondly, it's very comforting to me that He's providing protection for Yehudim to come back to Israel. Yeah, what's comforting to me is that He's told the whole story to us. Oh yeah. He's told yeah. us exactly what's going to happen and when it's going to happen and how it's going to happen and how you can avoid. Um, being on the wrong side of this and how you mm-hmm. can enjoy being on the right side. Yeah. He's eliminate all the guesswork. It's all right here for you. It's all going to transpire over the next 12 years. You have no excuse. Now, capitalize on it. God is offering you the opportunity to be transformed into light energy. To be, to be his sons and daughters in a very real way uh, to protect us, to empower us, to enlighten us, to liberate us, to enjoy our company, to eliminate our enemies, to live with us, to build a home together, to protect the family together, to transform the earth back into conditions of at Eden where there are no predators, no foes. No uh, religious, no political, no adversaries, no conspiratorialists. It's a marvelous thing that he's offering. It's so easy to be on the right side, and there's so many benefits on the right side, and there is nothing to be gained to be on the wrong side of this. No. Uh, I'm just amazed. What 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 a chapter. Wow. Yeah, and it's uh, we've got more uh, about Yom Kippur. God has a lot to say about it. Uh, we'll even go through uh, the end of of, uh, of Zachariah and then into Malachi, who, who has a lot to say about it as well. And really, I can't wait to get into um, uh, ITG, the introduction to God. That uh, boy, it has grown from what I originally thought was fairly pedantic and dry into an exceedingly revealing story. It's such a perfect place now for particularly Israelites and Yehudim, Jews and Israelis, to start in their quest to come to uh, to know God. Uh, I don't know what I like uh, more now. The, uh, the three volumes on the Moed Mikre, um, which are... Uh, uh, invitations, uh, uh, harvests, and uh, mm-hmm. appointments, or if it's uh, an introduction to God, Volume One and Volume Two. There, uh, I, I will tell you though one thing that I am grateful for is that uh-huh. uh, my wife told me, you know, that uh, I would not give your books to a, a fellow yeah, Jew. No, that yeah. that um, yeah. that uh, you know. Based upon what you and we have learned, your books are outdated. Uh, you've got too much in them that that uh, we've learned uh, is different than what we had thought. 
and you really need to rewrite them and then we need to come up with a way of presenting them as a family um, and we need to change the uh, the look so it reflects uh, better upon Yawa and mm -hmm. uh, I said you know that's uh, what you say is probably <laughs> true but you, you realize that what you've just done if I accept this is uh, is three years of my life I mean it's, it's not just three years of my life it's ten hours a day uh, six and seven days a week consuming for yeah for the next uh, mm. three years and there was a period of time when I said oh my god there's no way I'm ever gonna get through this and then something happened where just the process of of retranslating these passages and thinking about them and sharing the insights became more revealing, more meaningful, more effective, more beneficial than translating uh, something new and, and writing about it. it. It was like all day today and, and um, uh, going back over the third mashal proverb, something I haven't considered, read, translated in more than 10 years. And to see that jewel and to be able to share it, mm -hmm. oh, it was the best thing that ever could have happened. And, you know, now as I turn around and, and look behind me and I've got both in the hardback and the, uh, and the paperbacks, uh, the, well, I guess, 20 volumes that we currently have uh, done. I'm uh, four chapters and 100 um, uh, pages to having... Uh, the second volume of ITG uh, done, and um, my goodness, it is such a enormous wealth of information, and it's sort of an out of body experience to read these. I, I, uh, uh, I can't help it, but uh, almost every day I, I take one of the books and just open it and start reading it. It's, it's profound. It's no matter where you where you engage this, the material that God's words, his his prophetic revelations, his teachings, are so profound. They're riveting. They're uh, they're uplifting. Uh, they're nurturing to our minds, to our souls, and commentary on them, the explanations on them. Well, it's uh, it's life changing. You know, it's funny you say that because uh, for a couple of years I've been printing everything to stay ahead of so I could read a little bit and take notes on the side of the thing rather than uh, extra uh, legal pads, which I do kind of both. But uh, I, uh, I've clipped them and I have them in a folder or I have them in some boxes. And I keep looking through them and I say, well, you know, I should throw these away. We've got the books now. They're, you know, I'm just reading my other books. Right. And, but every time I pick up, every time I pick up one, I start reading it and I go, Wow, that's really good. That's really good. I can't now to start reading it. It's really yeah, good. No, I say, wait a minute. Wait, yeah, I, I got to study on this stuff wow. for next week, and I'm, you know, for next yeah. Friday, and I'm going. Well, I'm gonna take an hour or so, and I just, you know, read that for a while. And, I'm yeah. going, wow. and, and, and for a lot of things, we're not bragging. We're we're simply translating Yahweh's testimony and yeah, uh, and sharing it and commenting on it. It's Yahweh's testimony, it. and it is really good. Yeah. Oh, and I'm so, it, it, my, our world changed 
tremendously. Not only when uh, Jackie took over the uh, the publishing, so mm-hmm. that these books all have now a a common theme, a common look, and that they uh, they're set. Uh, even the font, the margins, and the and the font and the presentation is so enormously credible and 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 more uh, as, uh, easily uh, processed and read uh, inside with this all this very similar look. It's an elegant look, but also what David has done in, uh, in mm-hmm. reshaping the website and keeping it uh, current uh, and having all those books available and having the ability to read these books for free in their entirety on a computer screen or on a laptop or on a, uh, a tablet or on your smartphone. They read beautifully on a smartphone. It's, uh, and the very fact that they're current, uh, uh, it's just so pleased with, with where we are. And I quite honestly, dad's pleased too. Mm. So, um, wow. Even better. Wow. That is, yeah, it's a, it's a, we're in a very, very happy place, and we're just going to continue to give it our best effort between now and the time that uh, uh, we're, uh, we're called home, and it's our yes, honor sir. to do so. And we hope that many of you come to join us. Uh, we, uh, we're asking nothing of you. We, want, we do not solicit and will not accept donations. There is no organization there's no leadership there's no um there's no oath of allegiance there's nothing here but god's testimony is accurately presented as as we can um available to you at uh at no charge and no royalty it's uh, just our pleasure to invite you into god's company we love him we enjoy uh his company and we want to share it even more than that. God made a promise to reconcile his relationship with his people, Yisrael and Yahudah. He intends to do so, and God never works alone. So he always finds someone, and sometimes it's someones, to engage through to achieve his purposes. And for whatever reason, he chose us, and we're committed oh. to doing the best job we can possibly do to not letting our God down. We want Dad to be pleased, yes, and that sir. for us. And that along with the fact that we will know two things. Not only is Dad pleased, but the family will be enhanced by additional members as a result of what we've been able to accomplish together. And those who who opt to be antagonists, to continue to fight against God, all of them, whether they be Christians and questioning Paul, Muslims and prophet of doom, or religious Jews in the uh, introduction to God or um, Moed Mikre volumes, they will all be left without excuse. And I think God wants it that way. Mm-hmm. And so we uh, we continue to uh, to do what we can, um, serving our dad on your behalf. So may Yah bless. Uh, happy Shabbat to one and all. We look forward to being with you this time next week.
May God bless you all. Bless you all. Yes. Night. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.